Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Uh, we're glad you're with us as we talk sports with you on this Monday. Yes, the final Monday for the next four months without football. How good does that sound? Uh, here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. This is what we've got lined up. At the bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. By the way, The Athletic is having a 50% off sale as we speak. If you've been uh, waiting... Uh, for the right time, waiting for that right price, 50% off subscription at The Athletic is going on now. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks will pick his brain on uh, what happened at Champaign, what it means for both schools. Daniel West from Life Serve Blood Center. We, along with the Morning Rush, will be there a week from tomorrow at Principal Park as we have our What Color Do You Bleed? It wanted to become an annual, of course, last year. Uh, threw a wrench into that, but uh, we're back on track. Uh, so the Morning Rush will bl- broadcast live at Principal Park next Tuesday. Uh, Trent and I will follow in from noon until four, uh, from do- from ten until noon. Uh, noon to four? No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Daniel West will be here at ten fifty. Matt Snyder, Trent, and I will talk baseball at eleven oh five. Guessing that disaster with the Mets uh, will come up. Maybe not as big a disaster, at least locally, as uh, Reyes, the closer for the Cardinals. Wow, thank you. That can't happen when you're in a race like that. Uh, Schilt continues to go to him. We wonder if that's come to an end. And then uh, Michael Swain on Iowa State as we take a look ahead to Iowa State and you and I as everybody gets underway this weekend. Football, glorious college football is back. We had a little taste of it over the weekend. <laughs> Here we go again, right, if you're a Nebraska fan. Uh, I don't know where do we, where you want to start with that game. Um, did you learn more about Nebraska or more about Illinois? Uh, or a little bit of both? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. There isn't one side that I think matters more than the other, but starting with the winner. Let's start with Illinois as they get it done in Bielema. He's going to build a competent program over there. There's no more Lovey Smith. There's mm-hmm. no more Tim Beckmans. <laughs> There's, there is a capable, yeah. smart college football coach that knows how to win in the Big Ten West, mm-hmm. now residing in Illinois. And... Well, as long as I've been around, Illinois is a sleeping giant. How can Bino Cook always, why isn't Illinois football better? That is a program with the right coach that can win and win consistently. And certainly with the structure currently there in the Big Ten West, why can't Illinois become Iowa? Pull up their schedule. Pull oh, up their schedule. Okay. Because I, I, I did this exercise after the game. And I, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, mm-hmm. but I'm saying it could happen because I think they're going to be favored in where's their first loss let's just let me put it that way how far how many games can can mm-hmm. they run off in a row I'm looking at it now too and I see exactly what you saw they could be six and zero before they take on Wisconsin yeah. on the 9th of October which it's is crazy UTSA San Antonio the Roadrunners uh-huh. better than you think okay they'll win Illinois could be a letdown win. spot I'll be grabbing the points I know there okay at Virginia Virginia's okay. That might be the one. Now, Virginia's picked next to last in their division in mm-hmm. the ACC, in the Coastal. But again, it's on the road. Yep. Keep Maryland. Mm-hmm. At home. At home. On a Friday night. Short week for Maryland coming into that one. You go to Purdue. 
Mm-hmm. Winnable game. Yeah. You got Charlotte coming to town. Right. Get my point? That's 6-0. and That could be. 6-0 six. Six ranked uh-huh. 14th in the country. Uh, Is this team real? <laughs> We're way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But you know what, Trent? The way it lays out, even if they drop a couple, they've mm-hmm. still got Rutgers. They've still got Northwestern. Point being, if you had to do a yay or nay on bullbound Illinois this year, mm-hmm. I know where my money would be. This was one of my favorite over-unders before the season. I remember us talking about it way back in like June. What was maybe? it, four and a half? Three. Jesus. It got up to four at most places. That's where it went off at. Thought they had a coin flip chance in week one, but you look through the schedule. This is a team that returned 22 super seniors. This is a team that has 39 seniors on their roster, their experience, and most importantly, they have a competent coach. Three? They have to go 2-10 and ten for you not to win that bet? Right. I thought that was a no-brainer. And even at four. Did you fall? Did you play? Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of the ones that have been sitting there for a long time, uh-huh. and they've been holding my money. I'll be getting that <laughs> As money they will. at the end yeah. of this one. This one I feel really good about, and... They didn't play great either. That was the thing. It wasn't where they just went out and beat the pants off in Nebraska. Trent, there was one play that changed the entire game, and it was the roughing the passer, and, and let's, yes. oh, by the way, on top of that, let's throw a taunting call. 30 yards in penalty instead of getting the ball. I mean, uh, Tanner, right? I think the kid's name is Tanner, outside linebacker. Man, hell of a play. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska fans hated the call. I think it's the right call. He drove him into the ground Mm -hmm. with his entire body weight. We're trying to get that out of the game. Was that a foul five years ago? No. But it is today. It is today. Right. I I see a lot of that. Well, when I played, coaches treated me worse than Trent Dilford treated his player. Well, you're not playing anymore. Right. It's 2021. It's 2021, and Caleb Tanner, you can't drive a quarterback into the ground, let alone stand over top of him and taunt him. That was the difference in the football game. And Obadrian Martinez can't hit the broad side of a barn. What has changed there? He's awful, Trent. And and how is Verdugo still the quarterback Oh, my God. He's out there. How's Scott Frost still a head coach? And how much longer is that going to last? They needed this to get the six. If this goes downhill quickly, if it is Nebraska that is sitting, before we even get to that end of the season that we've talked a lot about here during the offseason, the last month of the season. Well, Black Friday, you know, with the, with the potential, uh, how big that game could be for Nebraska. But it knowing, might be meaningless. Right. But knowing that you have Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa to finish up, and they're at that point... They better have six. You better have the hay in the barn. But they're three and nine going into that. Oh, God. Is a move made before the end of the season. That's where I'm going. Scott Frost, beloved son. See, I still don't think that happens. So get in front. Get the coach that be first in line right. when you're shopping for a new coach instead of being part of a pack of school. Yeah, we've seen it before. Absolutely. And you become the front runner, if you will, for mm-hmm. the best job out there. And it's talked about. And you get that hot candidate first. Mm-hmm. You get to their agent first. You... Those conversations begin before the next guy to turn LSU opens up. Before football. whatever else opens up yeah. this offseason, you get there before that happens. But you have to fire Scott Frost in season mm-hmm. in order to do that. I think Trev Alberts is the guy that would do that. If he thinks that's what the best case for the program long term is, I don't think there's a doubt. Mm-mm. He'd be the guy that would do that. Look, their defensive line looked better. Their offensive line didn't. The running game is no. non-existent. The receivers are pedestrian. Oliver Martin led the team in uh, receptions. But again, the quarterback can't get the ball to them. Missing wide-open receivers time after time. Look, the kid's got phenomenal wheels, and we saw <laughs> that on his 75-yard touchdown. Special teams are a disaster. 
a disaster. Uh, the, a Rutgers cast-off came in and torched you for crying out loud. What does Sikowski finish up? 12 of 15. I'm looking at it right. 12 of 15 for two touchdowns. Not good enough to play in Nebraska, at Rutgers. Arthur Sikowski. We've seen Arthur Sikowski. Right. He's not good. No. Looked good against Nebraska. Looked pretty good against Nebraska, though. That's a problem. I love the front seven. I thought that was going to be the difference this year, that they were finally... I, I'm with you. Finally built in the front seven mm-hmm. that they were going to be And good. in the beginning, they put pressure. Yeah, well, they, they, they knocked Peters out of the game. They looked good early on, but just one of those little momentum changes. And even after the scoop and score to tie it up, it looked like I mean, everything was, was out of the balloon. I mean, just yeah. it was completely yeah. gone right. at that point. Mm-hmm. They didn't have an answer. How can your program in year four be at a spot where one bad play goes against you and you're that mentally weak? Mm-hmm. That's coaching. Mm-hmm. That's where you look at. It's not keep chopping wood, whatever saying you want to <laughs> right. winning in the dark, whatever one you want to use. Yeah. No, it is about a program being built on those kind of fundamentals. Yeah, something went wrong. How they were woofing early on. Well, how about Cam Taylor Britt's punt return skills? Yeah. I mean, come on. And it goes wrong. You look up at the scoreboard. Oh, we're down. It's over. Uh-huh. And they slump their shoulders. Yeah. And they look like a bad football team. They do. And they shouldn't. No. This is year four. This is Nebraska. This is Nebraska. They're finally getting better in the trenches. I don't know what they've got behind Adrian Martinez. Bama reached out and asked me that question during the game. I, I, well, I don't know. There's a couple of McCaffrey's tr- gone. Yeah, there's a couple of freshmen on the roster because I looked at the exact same thing. Yeah. Who else is there? Nothing that excites you. Nothing Ugh. at all. You're four, and this is how it opens up. We talked about how big it was for Scott Frost. You're playing from behind now. And they had the entire the entire college football country watched this game. Right, that's who we were watching. They were up first. It's two. It's it's Illinois. It's Nebraska. It's Big Ten football. Every sports book in Las Vegas. Every sports book everywhere. That's on the big screen. You had an opportunity. You had the show to yourselves. And this is what this is how you look. Cam Taylor Britt fields a punt going into his end zone falls and then decides to chuck the ball out of bounds but his knee was down safety there to get on it's just a comedy of errors trying to pull one after another jonathan parker moves there. kind of looked a little bit like that it reminded me of it it does not work out well oh, down to nothing God. what a start right it just that's nebraska football cue the circus music and mm. that's what it is over there it's incredible you know this program you saw it up close and personal for a number of years mm-hmm. to think that this program for somebody my age or your age i understand younger people they don't remember nebraska like we did those teams in the mid 90s were incredible yeah putting Trent- 60 plus up on florida in a bowl <laughs> yes. game to win a national championship that's what nebraska football was and now there's no hope no. there's not hope not just to get to that point no. but to compete for division titles find me six wins on this schedule you had to have that one yes Unless you're going out there, win the next two, Fordham and Buffalo. They should, but Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo's is a pesky. They are. They're a decent MAC uh-huh. program. Uh-huh. Lance Leopold did a nice job there, yeah. and they got a new coaching staff. But you got to win at Michigan State now. You got to beat Northwestern. And we'll see Michigan State on Friday night against Northwestern, right? Isn't that Friday? Well, you yeah. won't because you'll be working. I'll be working. You might have to beat Michigan just yeah. to get there in another program that we will see mm-hmm. as they walk into the season. So you go through the schedule. Just to get to six. It was difficult enough before this one. And now, yeah. it's such a big uphill climb. I don't you, think it's happening. You, you better have five when the calendar turns to November. And then, I mean, I don't... I mean, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Iowa. I, I just don't see it. Adrian Martinez has not gotten any better. Sip said he's faster. Okay. Um, 
Might be faster. Might be fat, and he looked good on that 75-yard run. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. But, boy, oh, boy, you've got to throw the football in with some efficiency. Now, to be fair to him, I thought he threw the ball better late in the game. Certainly he did early in the game. But, boy, that was not a good start for your Nebraska Cornhuskers are 0-1 in Illinois. Look at their schedule, folks. I know it sounds crazy that we even went down that road. But you can make a case that there's a chance that Illinois gets to the Wisconsin game with an un blemished 6-0 bowl-eligible record on October the 9th, Illinois. That's awesome. I don't think they will, but again, anyways. So what else from over the weekend? Uh, did you watch much NFL? Because I did uh, not. No, I didn't. Um, A lot of highlights. Watched uh, one of the, I think it was NFL Network, kind of their hour yeah. wrap-up show Saturday, and another one yesterday. So got... Well, Friday night, Trent. Honestly, it was it was high school football, right? You know, it was it was, um, and and you had a dinger, mm-hmm. and and Murph and Cerency had a dinger, and there was some really fun games uh, throughout Central Iowa over the. I mean, what a start to college, or to college to high school football, just um, coming out of the shoot and giving us all some talking in, into the weekend, right? And I get there was no college football because Friday usually dies very quickly on Saturday morning mm-hmm. as far as the buzz factor, but it kind of carried over the entire weekend. The Hail Mary, and it goes to Wampka, I mean, who makes on, the play. Right? Had the other touchdown early in the game for Southeast Polk. He is incredible. His interception was unbelievable as Dowling was driving. Bad news, though, for Smolik Jackson. Smolik, the quarterback for yeah, Dowling. Saw broken that. collarbone. I uh, believe it's the second time he's had a broken collarbone, too, mm. which is difficult to hear because this kid is incredibly talented. I told you about him. I really liked him last year as a sophomore, and Tom Wilson doesn't play a whole lot of sophomores at quarterback. Right. Shows you the talent that he has. He was out there splitting time a year ago. Really talented young man. His uh, His younger sister is a model. Really? Yeah, child model that lives out in California. Wow. Really good family. Uh, one of my good friends, he's a doctor that works with the mom, says so just a great family, really talented kid. So bad news there for Dowling. But, well, we've seen some Dowling losses early in the That's season. That's true. And they're going to be fine. Yeah. This team's going to be fine, too. Look, um, if we get this rematch again right. at some point, whether it's in the Dome or to get there, we'll be thoroughly entertained. Uh, as we were watching the broadcast, now I was um, I, I called the races at Prairie, so I didn't have a chance to listen, mm-hmm. but I had the game on constantly. You know, yeah. other than when uh, you know, in fact, I, I looked up from was watching the game. I looked up, it was like a field of seven, and six were in the gate, and I didn't even realize. <laughs> so it's a good thing I looked out the window, yeah, because I was into that game. It was fun, and and you know what. It's taken a long time for one of the local TV stations to kind of jump on board that cash cow that high school football can be, Mm -hmm. and it can be because it's a passionate it's a passionate market for it. I'm glad they're doing it. Yes, I I really am. And yeah, it makes things a little more for me. Uh huh. There's a little more competition out there, but competition's a good thing. Yep. And having an opportunity for these young guys to be able to play on. Over-the-air television. Yeah, it's great. It's huge. It's absolutely incredible for them. You could see the buzz, the build-up that was to it. Uh, Keith and Justin do a really good job on their broadcast. They did, I think, what, two games last year, I think it was? I want to say two, yeah. Yeah, two games last year. This is something that their new GM that came in, came from Kansas City, and they did it down in Kansas City. He said, well, if we can do it there. Oh, is that why this happened now? Gotcha. they can't do every week. Yeah, why not? NBC, the big parent company, they have a new Dateline, a new uh-huh. whatever Friday night programming. Mm-hmm. So it can't be every week, but I think they have five games in the regular season. Not sure what their postseason plans will be when it gets to the Unidome. That's exclusive 
for the Iowa High School Network. But up to that point, they still could do some other games too come the playoffs, the first and second round. So it's going to be fun. And uh, two teams that look good. Ankeny looked great again. Yep. My game, Valley. You had you had the Hawks, right? Not Centennial. No, but Ankeny looked good. You're talking yes. about the Hawks, right? Yep, the Hawks look good. Centennial got beat by Indianola by 29. Jesus. Indianola, who's now playing in 4A. Right. And they're preseason number what is that, three. What does that say about Centennial? Coach Pozzetti is going to struggle to get that four-victory mark to try to break the record here inside the state because Centennial played a lot of young guys last year, still mm-hmm. pretty young, mm-hmm. searching for a quarterback, and now they get the Hawks coming up on Friday night. You can hear it on 96.9. Oh, that's who you have? Good. That's who I have, the yep. Battle of Ankeny. Uh, to be myself and Paul Yeager on the call for that one. But that'll be our game this week. We'll see how the Jags bounce back. My game, though, Friday night Oof. is good how as How many overtimes? Double overtime. Yeah. So first half. It was all wonky Northwest. The new school, they were buttoned up. They were ready to go defensively. They were flying around and pretty good offensive line for Valley. They made it look bad in the first half. It's 14-5. And then Valley, with the wind at their back, they reel off 23 straight in the third Mm. quarter. They take control. It's 28-14. It kind of felt like this is a great half for Northwest, but it's going to fall apart. Then they score twice. Does Northwest in the fourth quarter. Tied up goes into double overtime after both teams score in the first Milwaukee Northwest goes for two. They had the ball second. Valley scores. They score to get within one, go for two. I like it. And then Jay Moore, outside linebacker, undersized kid for Valley, comes off the edge. He was doing it all night long and just made a play. If the quarterback for Northwest floats it, it's wide open, two-point conversion. If he just throws enough air underneath it to get over his hands, it is an easy two-pointer. Instead, Moore knocks it down. Uh Valley survives 42-41 and think we're going to be seeing that battle a lot in future years northwest against valley yes indeed no it it was fun it was fun uh the the close games that uh, were on display in the crowds i'm sure you had a good crowd in valley right yep Uh, it's it's too bad that uh the two waukee schools don't play each other you know it's kind of crazy i didn't even realize it until last week one of my waukee people dr heisman over at elite eye care brought a lot of doctors you hang with (laughs) that's right yeah, you gotta gotta hang out with those doctors. They keep me keep me all right. And he had mentioned that, oh yeah, because as I was going through the schedule in the preseason, making our schedule, of course, it never popped up as I was going through there. Just didn't put two and two together because you remember the build up to Ankeny versus oh, Centennial. Oh, it was massive. It was. It felt like. But a, now I live in Ankeny, so sure, maybe I was a but little. But I don't. Right. And that build up yeah. was as intense as yeah. I can remember going into a game. The standing room only crowd. That crowd, mm-hmm. I remember being out there, was absolutely amazing. High V was all Centennial and Hawks stuff. And right. Jags, Hawks, like it will be not our next week. Right, for but you're not going to get that with uh uh-uh, It's too bad. It is. I don't know why. I don't know the reasoning behind it, if mm-hmm. it was just something where scheduling didn't work out this year, or maybe the decision was made by the athletic directors. Jim Dewey, who's now at Northwest, and, and uh, Boyle, they just said, eh, let's put a little pause on this. We'll... Get our programs kind of in line, and then we'll play by year three. We'll get a chance. Whatever side it is, when that game happens, it'll be good. Speaking of Waukee, on Friday night, we might see our first Des Moines City School beat a suburban school. I'm making my call right here. Really? I think who there's they, a chance. Who they, they must play Roosevelt. They play Roosevelt. Yeah. Jamison Patton and company, who had yeah. a huge, huge performance on yeah. Friday night in theirs. There is an opportunity, I think, there. Waukee's got a long ways to go themselves with uh, the breakup, there's a chance. you got to do it up front. Walkie's mm-hmm. still built pretty sturdily up there, but I think Roosevelt at least has an opportunity on Friday night. That'd be a big one and, and at least end this long, long And, and Roosevelt won on, on Friday night? Yeah. Who did they play, do you remember? 
was it one of the Sioux City schools? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, but I think they put it to him. Whoever yeah, they won convincingly. I think. So that's what we will get. No, Ro- did Roosevelt play East? That's who they played. Okay, and they got a big victory in that one. But keep an eye Friday night. Real opportunity for Roosevelt, Roosevelt to moves to two and zero. So we got Roosevelt two and zero. We've got Illinois six and zero. Who else <laughs> do we want? <laughs> Yeah, overreaction Monday, right? Yeah, I can't wait. And we got a lot of them coming up here. We do, although not next Monday. It'll be overreaction Tuesday. It'll be overreaction Tuesday, and we'll be overreacting live from Principal Park as the uh, morning rush, and uh, Trent and I do our show there at Principal Park during the LifeServe Blood Center. Uh, there, What color do you bleed annual blood drive? We'll have more details coming up on that in, well, a half an hour as uh, Daniel West will join us. And look forward to that. Like to see as many of these appointments as possible fill up. So this from over the weekend that has to do with Channel Thirteen. Did you see um, NorthPine dot com is kind of a media blog, okay. right? It it it, it lists. If you've applied for, to the uh, to the FCC for something, it kind of tips everybody off as to what if there's going to be a format change at one of the radio stations. Okay, uh, that's how that's how you know some people learn of that for the first time. So. All of the TV stations, eight, as I found out the hard way when I was trying to find the Broncos and the Vikings, yeah. it's 8.3 on KCCI. Well, Channel 13 has one as well. And do you see what they're going to do on their overflow channel? If this is, they've applied to do this. Des Moines to have a charter affiliate of the new sports betting television network launches next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um on channel 13 whatever it is dot two dot three whatever that is so it's going to be it's kind of like vison i okay. guess yeah wall-to-wall sports wagering television coming to des moines it's a pretty good idea well what else could they possibly have on there isn't that where you see like a lot of Johnny Carson reruns, right? Yeah, and Gomer Pyle <laughs> yep, exactly. and this type of stuff, yep. right? Yeah, they put the old sitcoms on, old TV mm-hmm. shows, and that's kind of an overflow spot. Of course, the preseason games, if the network says, "Hey, right. you can't put it on the main right, channel," right, right, right. you can do that. So you go the digital route and go on with the sports wagering. Yeah. Makes sense in our state. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does, and it makes a lot of our audience, our radio audience, mm-hmm. happy. I would assume. Um, anyway, so that that will be next Wednesday, if indeed this story is accurate. Sports Grid Network, it is called, the nation's first and only twenty-four hour sports wagering and fantasy sports programming. Eighteen hours of live daily program. How about that? Eighteen hours. Eighteen hours of live program. Any idea? Any names? That no, are there's with nothing it? attached to it. How do we get involved? Wayne Allen Root. Oh, not that dude. I hope that's not what it is. You remember that old show? Oh, yes. Oh, it's a Saturday morning with the mm-hmm. picks, and at the very end, they give out the 800 or the 900 number. I've got winners in five straight weeks. Call me now. Are there still 900 numbers? Oh, yeah. Are there really? What do you I mean for what? I don't know. Maybe they're is not Is that how Mark numbers? Cuban made his billions? No, that was broadcast.com. But isn't it? that kind of the same deal? Didn't he have play-by-play on broadcast.com before anybody else did? Yeah, yeah, that was a part of it, yeah. Right? I mean, didn't he see kind of the future mm-hmm. of, of streaming all of these games, and he had broadcast.com? Isn't that how he got his money? I th- yeah. I think it was. He's a visionary. Oh, boy, I'll say. So are you. You still got the best idea I've heard as to how this Big 12 is going to, the, the leftover eight, or whatever you want to call them. Um, anyways, we will have Scott Dockerman with us next. 
uh, pick Doc's brain on what he saw and what it means for Illinois and Nebraska, but more importantly, previewing Iowa and Indiana, just a colossal test uh, to start the season. Boy, there's some big games in the Big Ten right out of the shoe, isn't there? Wisconsin, Penn State. Oh, my God. Wednesday, Wednesday, a Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, front and center for me on Fox. There's one other game at 11 o'clock that gets my interest. It's um, it's K-State. And Stanford. Stanford, yes, right. Just from because, Jerry World. From Jerry World, yes. Just because I want to see K State how they look early sure. in the season. But yeah, I mean Wisconsin, uh, Penn State. Sign me up. We even got a game Wednesday this week. Yeah, but it's UAB Jacksonville State. Okay. Gamecocks versus the Blazers. All right, it's football. It's football. Better football on Thursday night. Uh, there's a couple of games Thursday night, isn't there? There is, yeah. Starts with Rutgers Temple. Yeah. That'll be the 5.30 kick in that now, one. Now, there's an early game on Friday that's good. Isn't there ranked teams playing on Friday night early at 5 o'clock before Michigan State Northwestern? Well, you're jumping ahead because Thursday we also get Boise UCF. That's huge. That's a monster that's game. That's a for sneaky both good yes. game. We'll get to see our Wolfpack from North Carolina State. Yep. They got South Florida coming to, get to town. Past six and a half. And, of course, Ohio State at Minnesota. Late night, UNLV plays too. I wonder if that's on TV. I hope it is. It's on Stadium. You know what? I've got it right here in front of me. It is on FSN. FSN. Fox Sports North has it. That is great. So we'll get to get our first glimpse at UNLV Mm -hmm. on Thursday night. North Carolina, Virginia Tech on Friday. That's early, right? Like early, early. 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Central uh, kickoff for that one. Our first look at Kansas. They'll be on ESPN Plus against South Dakota, Michigan State, Northwestern. Mm. And uh, also South Dakota State, Colorado State. As the Hawks play the Rams later on in the season, that'll be an FS1 game. And the Jackrabbits always got a lot of Iowa kids, so keep an eye on them. Uh, Scott Dockerman next. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 Kicks and 0106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Baseball conversation with Matt Snyder, Iowa State, with Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports. That's our number two. Scott Dockerman will be followed in here by Daniel West as we help uh, promote the blood drive that's taking place at Principal Park next Tuesday. More about that in about 15 minutes. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here. Of course, he writes for The Athletic, where The Athletic right now has a 50% off subscription sale. If you've been waiting, it's a big one. It's finally here. 50% off subscriptions. You'll be glad you did. It is every sport, uh, college pro. Uh, If you can't find it, uh, at the athletic, I'd be uh, very, very, very surprised. Hello, Scott Dockerman, Trenton Ken. How are you? Hey, great guys. How's it going today? Good. Did you learn more about uh, Illinois or Nebraska on Saturday? <laughs> I think we what we learned from Nebraska was it's the same old, same old. There was no difference I saw in that team. Yes, or two days ago is what we saw last year. Is what we saw in 2018. Continuously makes fundamental mistakes things in the special teams you know taking care of the football competing in a in a way uh, you know and it's all reflective now of coaching i think that's been the the hallmark of nebraska's reign under uh scott frost Mm -hmm. and i think that's where they're headed as far as illinois goes um you know i think they looked more efficient you know and certainly to, to go to a backup quarterback um and uh and have the performance that it did I think showed a lot. I mean, it, it Illinois played hard last year. They hit hard, but I, they weren't very good. And I'm not so sure they're very good now. 
But what you saw is you saw a team that's not going to quit, that's going to compete, and it's probably going to do some fundamental things that are uh, beyond what a lot of teams do. So uh, hats off to the Lion Eye for, for pulling that one out. Uh, I don't want to take it. We only have a little bit of time, but when you get off the air, take a look at Illinois' schedule. Trent and I just <laughs> made a case they can be 6-0 and before they play Wisconsin. They're not saying they will, but take a look at it. Go ahead, Trent. they got a great opportunity in front of them. Opportunity also for Iowa this week as they get a top-20 opponent coming to town to kick off the season. Mm. It's not a blue blood. But it's a good program. Mm-hmm. You're listening right now. I know, Doc, right as we were coming on to Tom Allen and his uh, press conference with, of course, the uh, Big Ten media and the teleconference right now. Coach Allen's got a good team coming back, really good defensively. Led the Big Ten in sacks and interceptions last year. Spencer Peters and that offensive line, they better be ready on Saturday. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, Indiana, it did boost a couple of its best players up front. So it's got, it's got some... Uh, Guys coming in that are uh, a little bit, you know, that are transfers that I think could, will help. Uh, they also, you know, they're replacing guys too up front. So this was a team that got after it um, on defense, played its best defense that probably I've ever seen in Indiana. Because hmm. in the years past, when they've been competitive, they've been competitive on the other side of the ball. So I think there there are some players here that um, that have some experience, limited amounts. Uh, so I, I think in some ways their defensive line mirrors that of what Iowa did last year. Now, where, where they are different, differentiate is kind of what they have at linebacker with Micah McFadden, who is a, a veteran, uh, a very successful player, um, you know, had you know, varying levels of All-American accolades last year, was, you know, the top sacker, I believe, in the Big Ten. So he's going to come from different angles, and that's something that they're going to have to be prepared for uh, in practice. But Arch, I think they match up pretty well with Indiana, I would say. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Uh, Doc, when you look at the Penix, um, what, what's, what are they saying about him? Is he fully recovered? I mean, we saw, and we see a lot, that this is the, you know, somebody has to be ranked going into the season as the best quarterback in the season, preseason QB1, if you will, and it's Penix that uh, that has that title right there. But is he all the way back? What are you hearing? Yeah, he's all the way back, and uh, it's just that kind of held him out of contact, which would, wouldn't, you know, be scary, I would say, hey, if you're Indiana, because you know you're going to get contacted um, on Saturday against yeah. Iowa, so you want to see how that holds up. And and Iowa has a player that's in really a similar situation in, in Ivory Kelly Martin. So I think there's uh, there's some concern, of course, by Indiana, but they're going to let it fly. And, and uh, Michael Penix, uh, you know, a big game player, could do a lot of things. Um, not as much of a runner as people kind of expect, but certainly can air it out. Uh, hits a lot of big plays. So I, I think that, you know, you've got to be, if you're Iowa, you've got to be concerned. You've got to make sure to get to him and disrupt him because Indiana hit a ton of big plays, but they weren't all that good when it came to third down completion percentage and, uh, and just overall completion percentage. So if Iowa can play its style, um, that's going to be disruptive. Last week at the Athletics, Scott, you wrote about the future of the Iowa Iowa State game. We've uh, certainly let our opinions known here on the radio show. Take us through as you look to the future, the creation of the alliance, what that means, and what that means for the Cyhawk game. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks out there, Trent, and uh, 
you know, I, I think right now status quo is probably the right move for everybody. Um, you know, they have a contract through the next five years. You don't really need to make any changes today or to, or even next year. Uh, so it's through 2025. I mean, the options are you got to start with the Big Ten, of course, and that is, you know, is the Big Ten going to go back down to eight games in order to play more ACC and and uh, and, and Pac-12 competition and. And I think that's probably likely. I think mm-hmm. that's probably something that will end up happening. And it sounds like the Pac-12 is committed to that as well. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't see I, – I, I see some resistance from the Big Ten and the big picture if they can't play against the Southeastern Conference. I mean, and to what benefit does that do the Big Ten? Um, and, and, and then the ACC, too. I mean, they have rivalries right on the same level, if not even mm-hmm. more than – than Iowa and Iowa State. I mean, Clemson, South Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you know, there are other Florida, other, Florida, Florida State. Yeah, exactly. Georgia, Georgia Tech. So there are all kinds of rivalries. And then, and then in the Pac-12, you have Utah, BYU. So to me, that's that's something that the Big Ten should keep its hands out of. And that's maybe once a year, if you play an eight-game schedule and a, and a minimum of one per year against that those alliance teams and then hey if you want to play two great we'll find you a team but if you don't if you have a rivalry like iowa state or if you're ohio state you want to play alabama or georgia or some notre dame or i guess because they're kind of half in and half out then let them do it so i i think that there are a lot of questions here we're not really sure if this is ironclad or if this is just a kind of a you know handshake agreement, which I think is what it's trending at today. Well, one more on, on Cyhawk, and then I do want to get back to the Indiana game with you. Uh, Chris Williams, uh, afternoons here, three to six with the Fanatics. Um, he he tweeted out this weekend that if that if Iowa State and Indiana both win, he's hearing game day back in Ames for Cyhawk. I thought it was already decided. Yeah, that it was going to be Air Force and Navy, but he said that was a premature report. Um, and he, he's convinced his sources are, are right on this. So if Iowa and Iowa State take care of business, game day and Ames, Doc, have you heard that? I haven't really heard that. I, I'll be honest with you. This game is, is commanded much more of my focus than what comes next week. But but I will say that it's, uh, that it's certainly possible. There has not been a confirmation from ESPN about uh, the 9-11 game between what is a Navy and Air, Air Force. Force, yep. Uh, yeah, there hasn't been that confirmation. So until there is, they're going to want to, uh, you know, they usually exhaust all options. Now, that's a, that sounds tremendous, uh, you know, for for everything that's going on on that day, on that right. anniversary. But um, when you talk about big games, and it's, it's on ABC, yep. and it's a mid-afternoon game on ABC. So they have lots of opportunities to promote it and promote themselves. And, and so if you're... Uh, if you're ESPN, that's probably the route you'd rather go because, you know, as much as we all are patriotic, it's about the bottom line. Yeah. No and that's a that. CBS game, Air Force at Navy, in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Anyways, go ahead. With that, uh, Doc, we go to Kinnick Stadium this weekend, 2.30 kickoff. It's going to be a nice day out there. Fans in the stands for the first time in well, almost two years now as you look back upon it. And beer's going to be sold inside Kinnick Stadium. Don't bring cash. Don't bring cash. Bring your card, and you'll be able to get those 850 domestics and 950 <laughs> for the craft brews over on that state. When you just think of Kinnick Stadium, Doc, you were there last season, but it was so, so different. What are you looking most forward to Saturday? Hmm. The day itself. Yep. Um, 
I've, I've identified pretty much from the second I leave my driveway <laughs> all the way through until I get back in my driveway of what I miss. You wrote about and, it. And, and yeah, I wrote kind of here's what I'm going to miss on game day. And, and everything from my drive, which is on Dubuque Street from North Liberty to, to Iowa City and, and the corn rows and the sun rising over the corn mm. to, uh, you know, the, the Kinnick wave, of course, the Kinnick speech. Uh, back in black, uh, the the victory polka if it happened, you know, and and just watching the the players filter in two hours before kickoff and watching the fans at the Krause Family Plaza wave to them, uh, being able to get stopped in the parking lot talking to people and uh, you know whether that I know them or I don't and and it just the full day, I think that's the thing with football that differentiates itself from basketball in so many ways is. It's it's a full day experience. This is a day where people get to the stadium hours beforehand and just sit outside and talk and grill and maybe have a few beverages and and then you know spend their time in the game and then afterwards uh, you know you, you shuffle on home. But it's a full day experience. It's not just a game. It's not just hop in the car after work and run to the arena. So I think that's what I miss. And I think that goes for every single stadium in America, including Jack Trice all the way around, maybe maybe not Memorial Stadium and, and Lincoln, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, they feel the same way. Uh, but, no, I, that's to me, it's the full-day experience. Every single aspect of it I missed last year. Uh, Doc, uh, last thing for you. Uh, this game will go Iowa's way if? If they control the big play. I mean, this is a defense that, that prides itself on limiting big plays and, you know, 20-yard-plus passes. If it can do that, it will stop the run. I mean, Stephen Carr is a transfer, a mm-hmm. graduate transfer from USC. He'll get the start. He's a big-time player, but he's also, um, you know, he didn't, wasn't a big for performer against Iowa in the, in the Holiday Bowl. I think Iowa could stop the run, and I think they're kind of built uh, to, to allow Iowa to, to attack them up front with a two-gap. It's just a matter of can they make sure not to let the ball go behind them because Freifogel is a great receiver. He's you know, he was the Big Ten receiver yep. of the year last year. Not Garrett Wilson, not Chris Olave, not David mm. Bell. He was Ty Freifogel. Right. And so Michael Penix can do a lot of things in, in big plays. But if they don't allow him to get him or any of the receivers, they're always talented there, uh, to get deep, make big plays, Iowa's going to win this game. And it might be, uh, I won't say decisive or comfortable, but, but within some, you know, semi-comfortable margin. It works for us. Uh, Doc, listen, uh, we're off next Monday. We'll grab you on Tuesday. I'll reach out to, just to make sure your schedule allows it uh, next Tuesday. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Again, the 50% off sale going on at The Athletic. Doc, when's does that? Uh, uh, how long is that good for? Do you know? Yeah, through uh, September 13th. Oh, good. Just all the way through the Cyhawk game and and I do have a few stories planned for that week. So, I bet. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the next Tuesday we're all going to be you know whether it's in Ames and in Iowa City from you know mid Tuesday morning on, we're we're all going to be gathering and uh, for what promises to be the biggest uh, Cyhawk game in, in series history, without a doubt. Scott Dockerman, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Uh, good to be back. Game week. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Guys. Thank you. All right. So this little nugget just uh, arrived via text. Yeah. So the uh, Iowa Sports Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. Drew Shipley's part of it. Yeah. Uh, and Doc's going to actually be on it tonight. They interviewed Dan McCarney as part of oh, okay. this. And prior to Dan McCarney, the podcast starting, 
Yesterday on our podcast, we interviewed Dan McCarney, who told us that ESPN reached out to him and was being interviewed last night by them regarding Cyhawk. Hmm. What does that mean? Could just be a story. Could. Doesn't mean that game day's going there. But could. Could. So why was this report out there? It was premature, apparently. I'm with you. Why would they report that? Trent, it made so much sense in the world. It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You go to Air Force Navy. Everybody understood. August Makes si- sense. August 16th is when that came out. And who reported it? The Annapolis Capital Gazette first reported the news via social media Monday morning from uh, yeah that mid-August here, a couple weeks back. Navy's sports information director quickly responded, that he, that that report is news to him. <laughs> wow. All right. So when nobody got past that first right. part of it. An Air Force spokesman said he had not heard from ESPN, but deferred to Amy, Navy, excuse me, as they will be the home team. Because there was no press release from ESPN. Nope. This was... I think everybody just saw it, uh-huh. understood it, yep. ran with it. Chris Williams gets a little chirp in his ear over the weekend, tweets that out. Everybody fired back. Well, no, 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 Chris, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. It's, it's Air Force Navy. It's mm-hmm. already been decided. Right. That's what and I would have said, back. too. I would have said the same thing. No, it's, that report was premature. That is inaccurate. Now we get McCarney, part of this Iowa Sports Talk podcast last night, saying that ESPN cameras are showing up to interview him. I guess it could be just part oh, yeah. of game day at somewhere else. Because that's a monster matchup. It's regardless. huge. That's going to have its own segment inside game day, even if they're not there. I wouldn't read anything into that part of it. I'm going to. It's of more fun that are. way. Uh, Life Sir Blood Center next. Daniel West joins us. We will be at Principal Park next Tuesday. So will the morning rush. More details next. 1460 KXNO. 100 bats off. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Next Monday, well, all of the local shows will be off. We're all back on Tuesday. And the morning rush and Miller and Condon will start our Cyhawk week at Principal Park, where the uh, LifeServe Blood Centers will be holding their, I think we're going to make it an annual, What Color Do You Bleed Blood Drive uh, at Principal Park on the 7th of September. Last time we were there, I've never been colder in the month of September than I was that morning. It was freezing. It was, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we made it through and we hope that you can be a part of us. And Daniel West joins us. Good to talk to you again, Danielle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No, appreciate you coming on. I look forward to being out at Principal Park again. Had fun uh, the last time we did this, which I guess would have been 2019, uh, with uh, last year being what it was. We couldn't uh, pull it off last year, but we're back. Uh, and we're encouraging folks to sign up in advance. How do we do that? Yes, we are encouraging people to make appointments just so we know exactly how many people are going to be there at one time. They can go to our website, which is lifeservebloodcenter.org, or they can give us a call at 800-287-4903, and we can help get them scheduled. Well, take us a little bit through the day for people getting signed up, getting out there next Tuesday, kind of what the day would look like. You're taking a break from work, want to get over there, kind of how everything unfolds for the people giving blood. Absolutely. So we're at Principal Park, and this year we're actually up in their suites and press box Oh, area. good. They have furnaces. So, yes, <laughs> yes. We won't be outside, even though I think it'll be warmer this year. Yeah. We will be inside so people can enter through the suites um, next to 
where they have their gift shop and take the elevator up. We start at 6.30 a.m. and go till noon, and we still have quite a few appointments available. Once they get there, they'll get registered with a photo ID or their blood donor card. They'll do a short questionnaire, which they can actually do the day of their donation ahead of time if they would like to. And then we do a mini physical. We'll check their iron, hemoglobin, temp, pulse, all of that. And then they make their donation. The real donation process is really only five to ten minutes where they're providing that pint of blood donation. And then we have snacks and T-shirts and all kinds of good stuff at the end. That's good stuff. So the entire process, if somebody you know, wanted, we'll say 10 o'clock, I want the 10 o'clock slot, they get there at 10. What time will they be pressing down on the elevator to head back and to resume their day? I'm hoping around 10, 45, 11. Mm-hmm. It's okay. normally 45 minutes to an hour from start to finish, especially if they fill out their health history questionnaire ahead of time. That will save them five to ten minutes right there uh, from their donation. I know that you guys, uh, last time we spoke with you, I believe it was June, you had a major, major blood drive uh, at Valley West uh, at the mall, or what's left of it, sadly. Um, how did that go, and how have, um, how, I guess, how's business been over the summer months? Have you guys been fulfilling the need? I mean, there's always a need for blood, uh, but uh, it's especially critical in the summer months. How have you guys been able to manage? Yeah, you're absolutely right that there is always a need, and it actually goes up in the summer. Our physicians refer to summer as trauma season because, unfortunately, people are out and about and accidents happen, and they need more blood products in the hospital outside of the standard donations they always need. So we know that the summer is always a challenging time for us. We had a great blood drive in June, and we actually had a really great July. I would say in August, we have started to see numbers dip down. I think people are back to school, kind of getting back in their routine. Maybe they had a last-minute vacation in August. So we're hoping that we can boost the blood supply. This is right after Labor Day as well. We're closed on Monday, so we really need to recover and recoup those units that we aren't going to be able to collect on Labor Day. Well, we will promote it all week long. I know you're going to be on with the Morning Rush on Wednesday. Uh, We've got 30 seconds left for the folks maybe that didn't hear uh, earlier Want to get signed up in advance. Where do we do that? 6.30 on uh, next Tuesday morning through noon at Principal Park. Sign up in advance at? LifeServeBloodCenter.org or call us at 800-287-4903. Danielle, we'll see you next Tuesday. Um, Thank you so much. No, we're, we're looking forward to it as we do this. I'm trying to make this an annual event. What color do you bleed? Danielle, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you then. Yes, you will. Take care. Good to talk to you. Life Serve Blood Center. Uh, what color do you bleed? Annual Blood Drive Kicks. You know, sponsors, and we will be there again. The Morning Rush will do their show there. Uh, and Trent and I will be there until noon. We hope to see you there as well. Hour two coming up. Baseball Conversation, Matt Snyder. And Iowa State with Michael Swain.